Welcome to another episode of Diaries of a Life Coach. My name is Larissa Dalton and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today. I'm glad you're here. As you know, this podcast documents a journey of building a life coaching business where I talk about the steps we as life coaches take to create a company, build clientele, um, where I talk about coaching experiences, discoveries, and transformations. So before I introduce my guest, I just want to take a little detour and tell you about what just happened and uh, and what I did about it. So in preparation of this podcast, I brought in a large mason jar of liquid. It was probably one liter of liquids. And as I got ready to take a sip, I, cra- I, I tipped the jar on the edge of my laptop and the jar broke. And the liquid spilled all over my desk, all over my computer, my keyboard, my notepad, my calendar, all over everything. And of course, I frantically wiped everything down minutes before my guest joined me. But to really calm myself down, I resorted to my breathing exercises. And that was in for four, hold for four, and breathe out for four. And so here I am all calm and collected for my guest. So I would I would suggest that you keep that in your back pocket in case something like this happens to you. And so now I would like to um, I would like to reroute our attention on our guest. And so um, essentially over the course of the last several weeks, I've been bringing on guest coaches to enrich our experiences. And today I'm ple- pleased to introduce Rachel Bodie. Rachel is a social selling coach, mainly focusing on network marketing. Rachel has a rich experience working for one of the greatest thought leaders of our time, Dr. John Maxwell. With this, I'll invite Rachel to introduce herself and talk a little bit about her background. And so Rachel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I love that example because I actually, you may not know this about me, but I'm a certified yoga teacher. I used to teach. Are you really? Yeah. So I just love breath work. I think it's such an incredible tool to have in your back pocket. Um, So I'm excited to be here. So yeah, I am a social selling coach. So what that means is I work with women in direct sales, network marketing, and the multi-level marketing space. And specifically, I help them scale their businesses with balance, right? Um, Because there's a lot of kind of the hustle culture, hustle mentality. So I'm almost like the anti-hustle, like how to really build a business in a way that's very balanced and meaningful. Um, and really how this all started, I did, I worked for John Maxwell directly for him for over a decade. Wow. What I did was I, um, I sold, uh, did business development, project management, and leadership development for some of the largest companies in the world. So uh, some of my clients were Coca-Cola, Chick-fil-A, Delta. And it was, it was really uh, an incredible experience. I learned so much being mentored by John. And I took that experience and I actually started my own uh, direct sales business uh, because I wanted more freedom and flexibility. I had two babies back to back and I just didn't want to be traveling all the time. My husband was traveling, I was traveling, and I just felt miserable, honestly, because I, I was missing out on all the things, all the milestones. And so... I scaled my uh, direct sales business to six figures in less than two years. Impressive. Which was awesome and hard and all the, all the feelings. Cause I had a, I had two young kids and was working full time, 
But I believe so deeply in the direct sales model where you have support to be able to build a business without a lot of overhead. It's like a business in a box. And I don't think I ever would have had the guts to go out on my own and think that I could be an entrepreneur. So that's really what led me to start that business. And now that's why I'm so passionate about coaching women because I really want to help them create a life on their own terms, create a business, but be able to be an awesome mom, but also be a businesswoman and have freedom and flexibility. And I work with women who want to scale to their first six figures in my mastermind. And then I have uh, a number of multi six and seven figure earners. I work with one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. that's impressive. That's very impressive. Congratulations. Um, I love that you were influenced by such a great uh, thought leader. I'm a huge fan. I love, well, the last book I read was Failing Forward. And that's a good one. one. And and I also love his position on values, how critical values are in our decision-making process. Um, So I I respect him very much. So, and and I love the fact that you got to work with him. And, and what you've accomplished. Um, so just to clarify, um, are you now working outside of the network marketing model? Yeah, that's such a good question. So uh, my primary focus is on my business coaching practice. Mm-hmm. I still have my direct sales business, but it's automated. So it basically runs itself. I don't do a lot of, um, I don't do any recruiting to that business. Um, I have customers who I support. Uh, but really where all my time is dedicated is partnering with women. I'm actually working with women across seven different uh, organizations. So it's not just the organization I was with, but mm-hmm. a lot of different organizations out there. Okay. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. So uh, would you say that there are, so first of all, I want to talk about the no hustle approach. Yeah. How, how, how did that happen? How did you stop hustling? Yeah, well, it was a long, circuitous route. <laughs> because <laughs> what was, I hustled my face off and burned out, I don't know, 10 times. And finally, yeah. I'm like, what? I don't think this is the way that I want to do it. And so it was just through my own experience of just drawing a line in the sand and deciding that, you know what? I'm going to be the most incredible businesswoman I can working within the parameters of a normal work week. like working 60 and 70 hours was not what I signed up for. Yeah. Right. And so it was, it started with just the belief that it was possible uh, that I could build an incredible business working fewer hours. And I saw many uh, leaders out there, many other thought leaders out there who were doing it. So that gave me um, hope that it was possible Right. And so the way that I went about that, I actually, and I teach this a lot, a lot of times we feel like there's no time, there's not enough time to do all the things. But really, what the problem is, is an unmanaged mind. And so I really started focusing on all the things I was telling myself that I thought was were true. Like, for example, when you tell yourself there's not enough time, I can't get it all done. Does not feel good. You know, that feelings of pressure and over. Mm-hmm. Feeling those feelings, typically you go into analysis paralysis or you overthink or you shut down and just watch Netflix or you overwork frantically, but not doing the most important things. Right. And so what I found and what I discovered was in this hustle 
uh, cycle I was in, I was actually wasting a lot of time. The other thing I discovered was hustle is very different from hard work. So I'm not saying you don't have to work hard. You do have to work hard. But hustle is driven from a place of fear, Mm -hmm. scarcity, of um, franticness, of graspiness. And oftentimes hustle is because we're trying to prove something, our worth, our value versus just feeling very sufficient and, uh, and confident that this is what we're called to do, that I am enough, that what I have to offer is going to serve her, that this is what she needs. And you show up with different energy and you can take those actions and work hard when you work and rest when you rest. And the model works. I mean, this approach works, you know, managing your mind and then taking focused action and being able to rest turns out (laughs) it's a much more fun way and a much more productive way to run your business. So I am working less than I ever have. I'm earning more than I ever have. And so are the majority of my clients, which is so awesome. And you know, it's not just about, of course, we all want to build these big businesses and earn income. It's wonderful. But one of the best compliments I get from lots of my clients is my life feels different. Mm. My marriage has improved. I have more time with my kids. Um, I'm taking better care of myself, you know, it's all connected. So that's why I'm just so passionate about this hustle mentality because I was trapped in it for most of my life. And I just don't wish that on my worst enemy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so I just kind of want to recap what you said, because you said a lot of very important things. Um, so, and this is where your mindset, mindset coaching part comes into play is that when you're hustling, you're coming from a mindset of fear, of doubt, of discontent, whatever it might be. But whenever you are working from a place of this is where I am today and this is where I should be, it's a completely different mindset you're you know you're where you're supposed to be obviously you know we have goals and things that we can strive for but this is where I am so a place of acceptance and a place of uh grow essentially a growth mentality this is where I am but I'm working I'm, I'm learning and I'm moving along yeah. um I like that another thing which I think you kind of alluded to and um I've been reading a book called for our work week oh, yeah. Tim Ferriss yeah And interesting, you know, he's talking about automation. That's like his main theme in the book, automating things, you know. And when I think about what you said, you know, focus on important things every day, there's a lot of things you can automate. It takes a little bit of time to do that. But once you do that, it's off your list, you know, and you focus on the next big thing and you focus on the next big thing until you set up a business like you've done where you zero maintenance pretty much. Yes, I love that. It's this whole concept of slowing down to speed up. Uh, there's an excellent book. I thought it was sitting here on my desk. It's called Essentialism. Mm-hmm. I don't love the title, honestly, because it sounds kind of like a boring book, but the discipline pursuit of less. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise is so many of us major in the minor things. Yes. Instead of the other way around, right? Like really, like for example, for all the coaches who are listening to this, like how much time are you actually spending doing high value action? What I mean is human interaction, 
talking to new people, telling them what you do, adding value through sharing stories, through solving problems in free groups, on stories, and then actually offering to help them. Those are the things that are going to help you scale your business, not doing a website, getting business cards, making pretty graphics, but doing trainings. I mean, podcast, they're all wonderful things. I love all of them, Mm -hmm. but not in lieu of those business and the revenue producing activities. Right. And so, so often I see leaders in business who trick their brains into thinking they're working. (laughs) Really, they're doing a lot of things that are not the most important things that are going to move the needle. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, of course, it's very wise to slow down and speed up and automate. And it's also wise to get really to do a gut check and really like notice, am I really doing the things? Mm -hmm. Just telling myself I'm doing all the work. I have one of the gals in my mastermind who... I really struggled with this. She's like, I'm working nine hour days every day. And I'm like, okay, we got to talk. We got to look and see, let's do an audit of your calendar. And let's look at all the things you're doing because what you're doing is not being, um, it's not showing up in your results. There's a disconnect somewhere. Right. And there's a lot of passive action she was taking a lot of all those things, market research, looking at reels, going down the reels rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. You can, you can get so far down. (laughs) It's totally fun. Like Mm -hmm. I I say, do it. Definitely spend time if that's fun, but not during your income producing time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or like the best time of the day, you know? Yes, exactly. Do it at maybe, you know, yeah, when you're a little tired, you know, and you need to, you know, or, but not when you're brightest, sharpest, you know, for sure. Um, okay. So, um, so I've been following you a little bit and I've, and I've watched and a couple of things that stood out to me about you was your consistency and your, your ability to get in front of your audience, in front of your following in front of your people. Um, would you say that that's, well, you, you just said that, are you actually out there selling, selling? So you would consider that as uh, one of the critical or essential activities? Uh, getting in front of your audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would. Um, the way that I like to think about it is that our job as leaders, as business owners, is to create value right? The more value that we create, the more that we're elevated in the minds of those who follow us. And income and impact follow value. So I just, and it just feels so good to think, wow, like my job today is to add value to her. I'm not trying to get to the client. I'm not trying to get her to do something. I don't have this agenda. My, my agenda is to serve her, is to understand and think about what problems does she have? How can I share something that will encourage her, inspire her, whether that be a quote or a story or explaining her problem and a solution? Mm-hmm. I feel like oftentimes the way that we view even marketing or selling is like, we view it in a way where it feels icky. (laughs) I don't view it that way. I really see it as a way to serve her. I genuinely do. And I think that's why it feels natural to me to market or even I have a free community and it's so fun to just go in there and add value because 
there are women who are hungry for it. And we really like as business owners, we truly, we have a unique life experience, strengths, giftings. God has made us all uniquely. Right. And they're like the way that we show up is a way that only we can. Right. Right. And it's just such a gift that we're withholding when we make it about us. Like, what are they going to think? Are they going to think I'm salesy? Or like, no, <laughs> not, when you're, not when your focus is truly on, not about you. It's about her or him, I should say, but I work only with women. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Focus on your client. Um, what about content? How do you, so you, you alluded to that again in, in, in just what you said, but, um, focusing on solving her problem. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you typically stay within certain parameters or like niche? You know, the coaches would refer to like certain niche when you're coming up with the solution. Are you looking at like a particular problem, like a set of particular problem problems, excuse me, or are you just kind of whatever comes up? Yeah. So, so let me answer that a couple ways, just because I want to serve your audience here. Um, for those who may be newer to the business, like maybe they're a newer life coach. Again, I work just with network marketers. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of similarities in growing a business, right? Like in fact, a lot of what I learned from directly from John, I teach to this day about leadership development and mentoring. Um, so if you're newer to the business, my recommendation would be Think about who you do want to serve or think about your favorite people to work with and think about what keeps her up at night. What problem does she have that you may be able to speak to or solve? Um, What pattern of thinking is keeping her stuck? Um, what What is something that you've been through or truth that you've learned that's changed your life that may be able to encourage her? So I think in the beginning, sometimes we may think I have to niche down in order to, but that's another way of taking passive action. In the beginning, I say, get experience, right? Learn as you go. Don't feel like you need to have that in place in order to help people. But after I hit my first hundred K, I actually built my life coaching business, my business, well, business coaching, but life and business, because it's all connected. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, started this, um, in my first six months, I scaled to six figures. And so in the first six months I did. Yeah. I actually, I started, so I have, I've been, uh, I started my original business, um, my network marketing business five years ago. Uh, I started my business coaching practice in March of 2020. So I scaled to six figures my first six months and 300 K in my first year. Uh, and I was able to do that by focusing on her problem and her, she changed a lot. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I was just trying to show up and think about how I could serve my audience. Mm-hmm. And it evolved over time as I began coaching people. I'm like, man, I love coaching on business. And you know what? I love coaching network marketers because that's what I know. I was able to build that business too. So so to answer your question in a bit of a long-winded fashion there, um, I speak very directly just to the problems of my niche market, right? Which are things like she, I have a whole list here on my whiteboard. She's not making as much money as she wants. She lacks joy and purpose. She lacks confidence. She fears judgment. She thinks selling is icky. Um, she it has imposter syndrome. 
But what's interesting is as you may be listening to some of these things, this is a lot of women in business, right? Like we have struggle with those things. So although I speak to that market, there are often, there are coaches who follow me because they're like, oh, me too. I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's definitely transferable. I loved your, one of your quotes recently that can't remember exactly what it said, but it's, it's like just B plus publish your B plus work versus perfection. Yeah. It's a messy action. Right? Mess, yeah. Yeah, and I call it B minus work. I'm not even really sure. I heard that from someone. I don't remember his credit, but I think um, a lot of us high achieving women, what hang, what we get hung up on is that it has to be perfect, and that perfectionism is the ultimate form of procrastination that slows us way down. Yeah, right, and leads to overthinking, unhealthy striving. Uh, overanalyzing when really we could just put it out there, right? Sometimes our less than best message is more than enough for someone. It's exactly what they need to hear. I know this because I look back at my posts from five years ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought it was so good back then. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I've grown a lot. So that's just proof that it doesn't have to be perfect. And like, we've got to as business owners, I think everyone looks at everyone else and thinks they have it all figured out, but we just have to be, give ourselves permission to fail forward and to be a beginner at something, you know, and just be okay that it is a little uncomfortable and we may not do it perfect. And that's normal. That's the, welcome to being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know? So as a human being, so you must have those moments of doubt as well. You must have those days when you're like doubting yourself even. How do you restore, rebuild your self-confidence? That's such a good question. Of course, yes. I definitely um, struggle with self-doubt. It's so interesting how our minds work because sometimes everything could even look like it's going wrong. And we start to have like this self-doubt attack. And here's what I do when that happens, I recognize that I'm, I have a human brain and our brains, the way our brains are wired, they're really wired to do three things, seek pleasure, avoid anything that may be painful, like failure, for example, and to, to do it efficiently. Our brain likes patterns and repetition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like doing things that are going to expend additional energy. So When I start to feel self-doubt, I remind myself my brain is working just like it's supposed to. And Hmm. what I'll actually even tell myself is this is, this is normal. It's not a problem. I'm feeling this emotion just because I'm choosing to believe something like I should be further along. Like I'm never going to get there. Maybe looking at someone else and comparing she's, I'm not as good as her. I'm sure we all are really familiar with some of those thoughts, right? We all are just humans, right? And so I just remind myself, I'm a human with a human brain. Nothing's gone wrong here. It's okay to feel self-doubt. The other thing that really helps me, it's funny, like a couple, maybe it was like a couple months ago, I had a moment, I was crying, (laughs) a moment where I was just like, this isn't working. And I was telling my husband, And he's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden I had this moment of clarity. I'm like, you know what? I just realized 
this is what it feels like to build a million dollar business. It just feels really uncomfortable and that's okay. And instead of looking at doubt or anxiety as a problem, it's like, of course, your brain is like freaking out because you could fail. And that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So that just helps me to feel so much calmer. Yeah. Well, I I love that you, that's so great because I I have not heard that perspective before that you, you know, you're like, okay, the brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It's trying to protect you, your energy, and, and it's just doing you're doing just fine. I mean, I love that. I love that. I think that's a, such a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Because here's the thing with this is goes for any emotion. If you have an emotion, a negative emotion and you push against it and try to resist it, it will push back. And so it doesn't work to try to resist an emotion. Yeah. So some of us try to resist the emotion. A lot of times we try and distract ourselves from the emotion So we may watch TV, eat some snacks, drink some wine, watch some Netflix. But the challenge there, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but the challenge there is if that's how you're trying to deal with an emotion, when that thing is done, you have all the extra calories and wasted time, but you also have that emotion still. Yeah. And so learning how to allow emotions instead of like making it mean there's a problem. Like I think as humans... I used to think that I should be happy all the time. And when I wasn't happy, there was a problem. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that life is sometimes happy and sometimes it's not happy. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind for myself. So make myself a note. Um, one other thing that I want to ask you about, um, and that's because I've seen you do this consistently is having like a solid morning routine. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your thought behind it and why do you think it's important and why you do it every morning? Yeah, I love morning time. Oh, it's the best. So, part, so first of all, I think the thought behind it is this is me taking time to invest in the most important thing, which is my brain and my container, my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think so many women struggle with feeling quote unquote selfish, but how can you pour out when you're on empty? Yeah. You know, how can you serve? Like I just have zero problem investing in myself at all. So that's sometimes something that I'm like, I just don't see how that feels selfish to take time, to have time, quiet time or time with your creator or what have you. Everyone's maybe different spiritually. I'm a Jesus follower, so I do a devotional in the morning. I take time to just have a little quiet. Mm-hmm. I have a activity where I kind of analyze what I'm thinking and how that's creating my emotions and how those emotions are driving what I'm doing. And so that's really helpful because it's me managing my brain. Mm-hmm. I move my body in some way just because, I mean, partly for vanity, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Also partly for sanity because it just feels good to move your body and to have energy to pursue all the other things, you know, and I, it's just such a, it's very grounding and anchoring for me. Mm-hmm. And this is something I adopted a very long time ago. And I think part of it was working for John. I had the opportunity to meet a lot of different thought leaders like Simon Sinek and Brene Brown and Dave Ram. I mean, so many. And so many of those successful people have solid morning routines. 
And to me, I'm like, success leaves clues. So clearly there's a reason all these people are doing it. That could be something for me to adopt too. And it's been very helpful to clear my brain, connect with my creator, move my body, just to serve me so well for such a long time. So that's, that's generally what I do. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or um, sometimes I'll, during that morning time, I mean, I always do my devotional workout and my mind work, my mindset work, but sometimes I'll walk on my Peloton mm-hmm. and I listen to a podcast or read a book. Um, it just feels very grounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everybody can choose what they want to do in the morning, which is, which is the great, a great thing. It's not a, you know, sequence of things you must do. Uh, but I too follow a morning routine. Um, and I find that writing in the morning is such mm-hmm. a helpful thing to do. Yeah. Uh, helps me with, helps, helps me to focus when I go to produce any kind of work to generate any kind of content or anything else that I need to write or anything creative, like writing in the morning just helps me stay focused. Also, I love just going outside, getting fresh air, some sunshine. It's like my must, you know? And so I do as many mornings as I possibly can during the week. I love that. I also do on having time outside. Usually I do that uh, after I finish coaching for the day. Mm -hmm. We have a puppy, so we'll take him for a walk. Um, I think to your point, it's less important the what. I think what you what for those who are listening, what you want to avoid is if you have kids waiting till five minutes before everyone wakes up, and then it's like a crazy like yeah. getting breakfast, getting people ready. It's like that. I know for sure doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm just so happy now that my my kids are older now, 19 and 17, and they're self sufficient, and I just love it. I just go into my office, nobody bothers me now. They know this is my time. Yes, and I enjoy it so much now. We're in that season. My well, my girls are 10 and 8, and I have to tell you, they're pretty self sufficient. I mean, it's what's so great about all these things we're talking about is as we as parents are managing our brains, we're mm-hmm. living this transformation, we're able to model that for our kids and teach our kids these things. Like I wish I would have known some of these things growing up. Right. So things like fixed and growth mindset, and they see mom doing time with the Lord or time exercising. Cause Mm -hmm. actually John used to say more is caught than taught. So it's so fun. Ah, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because my daughter finished first year of college. And so she, we brought her back mid, mid, mid uh, year, just because of COVID and isolation and all that. Yeah. And so summertime she's, she's done with the semester and we're talking about, you know, if she's going to go back to work, what is she going to do this summer? And so she decided to, uh, to get a personal trainer certification, you know, and I love that she found the program. She did the CPR that same night. You have to be CPR certified before you can. And now she's like 20%, you know, done with the program and, you know, she paid for it herself. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, she's kind of investing a little bit to, you know, to warrant a better uh, job, you know, for the rest of her college years and then whatever she wants to do with it, she can. Uh, but I totally agree. Just being able to say, hey, I want to do this. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. I do think it's something that maybe, you know, looking at me in a starting podcast, something that's completely, completely new and 
foreign and I'm still learning, you know, 10 episodes in, 12 episodes in or something like that, you know, learning to work with, talk to even different people and ask relevant questions. And um, it's, it's a process, but it's been a, a great creative one that I've enjoyed you know, very, very much so. And so uh, I totally, I love that, that they catch more than their thought, you know, Mm -hmm. or however, I I think, I don't think I said it correctly, but. Well, it's close enough. Close enough. (laughs) I love that what you've done is in this short time and, and just pursuing this passion and to your point, like deciding and going for it. I think, that's everything. So many of us have these dreams, but we're so afraid. We're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid we'll fail. We're afraid of all these things. And it's like, we just don't even know what hangs in the balance. Yeah. So five years ago, what if I didn't start my business? Where would I be today? You know? And sometimes it seems like a very small thing, but I just think it's incredibly inspiring what you're doing also. It really is. Um, Yeah. Well, Rachel, this has been extremely like valuable conversation. I know that I've learned a lot. I've taken a whole bunch of notes and I know that I'm going to rewatch this, take even more notes. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I know that you've provided so much valuable information for our audience. So I'm extremely grateful. So oh, it's my pleasure. This was so fun. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have any questions about today's episode? just head over to my website, larissadalton.com forward slash contact dash info and send in your request or simply email me at larissadalton10 at gmail.com. You can find my podcasts wherever podcasts are found. If you would like me to cover a specific topic, also submit that request via website or my email. Connect with me on Instagram at larissa underscore Dalton or book a complimentary session with me at larissadalton.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again for joining me today, and I hope to see you next time.